Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the, the sink a lot. lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Go Low Pod. lot coming up today. Scotty Scheffler keeps shining. Michael Block, the criticism from the reaction to the reaction. Have some thoughts on everything with Michael Block. Ludwig Adberg, I think his name is. The star college golfer goes right to the PGA Tour. First time ever that uh, he gets a PGA Tour card before he even plays. Technically, uh, you know, a professional event. And we'll talk to Sobel, uh, who's going to be in L.A. in a couple weeks at the U.S. Open, as well as a mailbag. And the way you get in this mailbag is you go at GoLoPod. At GoLoPod is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. At GoLoPod. Fire in those DMs and get your question answered here on the show. We got the memorial this week. I uh, play some bets this morning. I'm going to go with Cam Young, Thagala, sprinkled a little couple uh, Keegan Bradley and Shane Lowry, just going off the beaten path. And then um, I'll talk about who I'm going to take in the uh, U.S. Open here coming up on the show. But th- those are uh, people that I wagered on this week. Yeah, anything else? Thevolume.com, thevolume.com. Fire in those, uh, get yourself a Golo hat. Golo merch. Check out the Golo hat, thevolume.com, and just search Golo. It's on there, top right corner. I think you can search all the shows. Very easy to do. So, yeah, we'll just keep the content flowing and uh, keep grinding it out. But first, can I tell you about my friends at Game Time? Here's what I need to do grab your smartphone and go to the official ticketing app of this show, Golo. Game Time, fastest growing ticketing app in America. Download it. And when you sign up, Type in the promo code GOLOW, G-O-L-O-W, and get $20 off your first pair of tickets. You want to go to a concert, Taylor Swift. You want to go to a comedy show, Sebastian Menescasho. I can't ever say that name right. You want to go to a game, football. You want to go to an NFL game this fall? You want to go to a baseball game this summer? You, you live in Vegas, you want to go watch the Stanley Cup finals? Use the promo code GOLOW, G-O-L-O-W, and get $20 off. Really easy to do. Can't recommend it enough. Go to your smartphone download the app yesterday. Do it right now. Promo code GOLO. Okay, I want to get into a lot of different stuff today, 
before we uh, dive into Sobel. But I wanted to start with Scotty Scheffler because I want to celebrate greatness on this show when it comes to golf. And we've done a lot of that over the years when it comes to John Rahm because how well he's played really the last, I don't know, 24 months, but definitely the last 18 to 12 months he's been unreal. Scotty Scheffler, for as great as his year was last year, all the wins, Masters champion, you know, he hasn't won a major yet, but this year hasn't been too far off. <laughs> right now, he's made almost $15 million on the course. And starting in 2023, here are his finishes. T7, T11, win in waste management, T12 at the Genesis, T4 at Arnold Palmer, win at the Players, fourth at the match play, 10th at the Masters, which was a disaster because he played bad on Friday, 11th at the RBC Heritage, 5th at the AT&T, 2nd at the PGA Championship, and as of two days ago, he finished T3 at the Charles Schwab. Here's the thing. In, when it comes to golfers, most guys not named Tiger, not named Jack, I mean, some of the greatest players of all time, but guys that win multiple majors typically do it within a couple-year span. Look at John Rump. He rattled off his two majors in basically 24 months. To me, Scotty Scheffler, I've been going back and forth who I'm going to bet on for the LACC U.S. Open, who I want to just go all in on. I think he's got to be the pick. He's number one in shots gained. He's number one in gained shots gained off the tee. He's number one in shots gained tee to green. Really, the only issue with his game right now is putting. And look at those numbers I just rattled off. Even with a terrible putting season, he is fucking dominating. I I think, listen, I expect him, Rom, Cam Smith, or Brooks Kepka, if not two, three of the four of them, to seriously be in the mix. I think Scotty Scheffler right now is the safest bet. You could argue Kepka is... But I see Scotty more on a weekly basis. And every single week, it's like, God, he's, he's too tired. He's not going to have it this week. And then you look up at Saturday or you look up on Sunday, and there he is shooting two or three under and in the top five. I saw an incredible stat today that if you had from the start of this calendar year, and really the season starts in the fall, taken $100 and bet every single tournament on Scotty Scheffler to top 20 and rolled over your winnings each week, there's 14 events. You'd have over $20,000. Listen, no one is ever going to do what Tiger did again, right? That's not going to happen. We see how hard it is to win multiple majors in one year. But this guy feels like he's going to have a 24-month span where he wins eight times. He won, what, four last year? He's won twice this year. So he's got a win or two left in him and multiple majors. And to me, that U.S. Open... I got that one circled. This guy is a certified ass kicker. And the only thing that hasn't worked, like we said, is the putting. Well, he's going to get hot with the putter. And hot is all relative. If he just makes a couple more birdie putts, makes some of those 10-footers, which Kepka always does, uh, the long par putts you know, in majors, feels like he's going to win the U.S. Open. This guy is no longer a heater. He's just having a stretch of golf over now a year and a half it is as good as it gets, not like Tiger or Jack. I mean, this guy is an elite player. Uh, he's fun to watch, and, and I think we're all naive the wrong word. We're all hesitant because it's like, oh, this is going to be the week that he falls off, and he just doesn't. He right now has the highest floor in the game. To me, you just got to hammer him in two weeks. I'm not gambling on him this week at the Memorial. I don't know why. I probably should, 
but I'm going to pick him to win the U.S. Open as long as he doesn't get injured, which luckily in golf uh, can be, it's not like, you know, someone's going to tackle him, someone's going to hard foul him, or he's going to run into second base. He should be healthy. You never know. We just saw with Spieth hurt his, hurt his wrist, but should be healthy headed into, uh, into L.A. here in a couple weeks, and to me, he's my pick. Couple other quick things. I, I do think the overreaction to some of Michael Block's comments were borderline laughable. Like, is there any group that has less room to just talk shit about people for their opinions than the overall general media? But no group loves building someone up to tear them down like that group of people. And did Michael Block say that if he hit it like Rory did off the tee, that he would be one of the top players on the PGA Tour? Sure he did. But he doesn't talk for a living. He literally teaches golf out of a golf course in California that I've never heard of. He is just your run-of-the-mill PGA professional. I would say run-of-the-mill. High-end because he's played in majors before. Had an impressive, you know, just career doing what he's doing. Got the opportunity to have all these interviews. If I gave myself, if I just had a three-day stretch, I talk for a living. It's literally how I pay the bills. But if you told me for, I don't know, three straight days, you're going to do 10 interviews a day with McAfee, the Dan Patricks, with people you don't even know, more than likely, I'm going to say something that like, yeah, I'd like to have that one back. Hell, I do three or four podcasts a week, and sometimes like, that wasn't right. I shouldn't have said that. I messed up that. Anyone listening to me knows, slip up all the time. It's part of talking. And did Michael Block say, quote unquote, something stupid? Who cares? Honestly, who cares? This notion that by the end of the week that Michael Block was some joke, to me, kind of pissed me off. It was an incredible story. It was very fun. The other thing is the media tends to be very cynical. They're kind of angry because of all like the big, big industries, I, I would argue like on the whole, obviously there are several in the group that make a lot, but on the whole, they don't make very much money for, you know, working weekends. And you could say, you know, they kind of got a cool job. Yeah. A lot of people got cool jobs and they make some coin. Most people in the media don't make that much money. So there is, and they cover these people that make an astronomical amount of money. I've always thought that there's some resentment that way. Um, and, and it leads to a cynicism. Right, it leads to like some of this deep. I don't even know how to quite describe it. A, an anger, a, a willingness to turn quickly in in a negative fashion, and they did it to Michael Block. Every single person I listened to by the end of the week was like rooting for him to be really shitty, and obviously he was. Shot eighty one. He had a, he had a rough week. Colonial is not a course where you can spray it all over the place, and he clearly didn't hit it straight, and he was a disaster, and he shot eighty one. And even on the second day, you know, he was better. I think he shot three over, but he finished in dead last, which really wasn't that shocking. But I, I felt like there was like a, a universal approval that was glad that that happened. And I thought, like, can't we just take it for what it is? An incredible story. It was fun. The guy talked a lot, trying to, I don't know, what was a term anyone that follows this sport that we have heard over and over and over since Liv started. Grow the game. Grow the game. Grow the game. Let's face it. I love PGA Tour golf. I love watching professionals play golf for a lot of money. There's like Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm. 
really grow the game that much on a weekly basis? The answer is no. Tiger, for a long period of time, did. Phil, even for a long period of time, had an impact on that. I thought Michael Block, in a 10-day span, penetrated more people, whether it be audio, visual, through videos, television, however you consumed his story, than those guys have in a long time. Because part of the live conversation was all surrounding controversy. This was one of a guy who's not on the PGA Tour, who never will be on the PGA Tour, who's 46, 47 years old, who's got an 18-year-old kid, right, who charges $125 an hour for lessons. For example, the, the teaching pro at TPC Scottsdale. Now he teaches Joel Damon and some other pros. Currently charges $400 an hour. So these high-end teachers, I, I wouldn't pay that. Not that it would do that. I mean, it probably would help me, but you know what I'm saying? Like, good teachers can charge a lot. This guy charges $125 and finished T15, your T14, or whatever he ended up finishing in the PGA Championship playing with Rory McIlroy. It was a really cool, cool story. Can't we just enjoy it for what it is? Like, ultimately, by the end of the week, did he say something that he probably would regret? We all do it. We all do it. And in a sport where we're just covering millionaires trying to make more millions, like I just said, Scotty Shufflers make $15 million. And listen, I'm pro money. But the average guy is making, like, Google the medium income in America. And even golf, the people that play golf and consume golf, they are still higher-end income than the average American. But you're still not – we're not talking millionaires. Like it was just a very, very relatable story. It was there, there was a purity to it, and by the end, it, it felt like the media as a whole were rooting against them. And and I think this is what I always say: there is a gap between us, and I consider myself just the consumer who has an, a podcast to just tries to entertain and relate to people because there's not that much relatable content out there anymore. Because I think most people enjoyed watching it. And might have had a laugh or talked a little shit over a beer about Michael Block's comments, but ultimately didn't care that much. And I thought that the, and listen, I, I'm generalizing a little bit, but basically everyone I listened to was like rooting for him to shit the bed. And I, I just think that's, that's kind of sad. And that's just, uh, what, what are we doing as a collective? Uh, probably the first, and I thought Brandel Chambly had a really good tweet <laughs> You know, he's he's found himself in the fire going back with Phil. And listen, I love Brandel. Like, I I don't know him personally, never met him. But as someone that watches television, that I want my commentators, whether it's a former athlete, Brandel technically is, but, you know, I wouldn't say he's a famous former player. He's, he's famous because of his work on television. I want them to just give me strong opinions. It's why I like Coward. It's why I like Brandel Chambly. It's why I like, it's why, you know, Troy Aikman's getting his fastball back. Like, he'll just say what he thinks. And that's refreshing. And Brandel has hard takes. Is he always right? Of course not. But he's not afraid to piss people off. And that's what I like. And I, I just think that Michael Block was just trying to be real. And, you know, probably started feeling himself by the end. How could he not? Most of us would, giving in those shoes. As, I don't know, you're interviewing with Dan Patrick's, the Jim Rums. He never in a million years thought he was going to be on their show. So... I hated the way by the end of the week it turned. And listen, I, I hope he plays well in a week in Canada when he plays the RBC. But I'll promise you, if he plays shitty again, which easily could happen, feels like the media is going to take a collective victory lap again, which 
to me just sucks. And last but not least, Texas Tech has the number one amateur in college golf. His name is Ludwig. He's like 6'4". He's just a stick. He's won the Hogan Award back-to-back years, which is basically the uh, the Heisman Trophy for collegiate golfers. Sahith Tagala's won it. I'm pretty sure I think Matt Wolf or Hovland won it. Usually, I mean, guys that go on to the PGA Tour and have a lot of success win that award. I mean, this guy is a can't-miss pro. But historically, up until this PGA Tour U, even if you were Victor Hovland or Colin Morikawa or Scotty Scheffler or whoever, you had to earn your way out of the PGA Tour. Now, you would get some sponsor exemptions, and if you took advantage of them, you know, won it or finished top 10 or top 5, you would get yourself some more exemptions, but you did not get your PGA Tour card. Morikawa won pretty quickly at the Barracuda, got his PGA Tour card. Victor Hovland had to go to the Corn Ferry Finals. He finished second, got his PGA Tour card. But he had to go to the minors for a second. Scotty Scheffler, Sam Burns, Cam Young. A lot of these guys, Jordan Spieth won really quickly, got his card. But a lot of these guys have to go to what Corn Ferry minor leagues, right, to earn their way to full-time PGA Tour status. Zalatoris didn't win, but because he was finishing so high and moneyless, he was able to, you know, keep getting invited into the every week, right? But he did not until he won the tournament. His status was, you know, kind of weird. And Ludwig, as the number one amateur now, or as the number one PGA Tour U member, gets immediately to go to the show. And I think this is a long time coming. And I, I give, I applaud the PGA Tour for doing this. Because it's a major issue with baseball. You get these sweet draft picks, and I don't care if you're Bryce Harper, Tim Lincecum, or Steven Strasburg, you are going to spend some time in the minor leagues. We're in football. When I draft Bryce Young or I draft C.J. Stroud, they are my starting quarterback. And at minimum, they're in the NFL immediately. In basketball, Victor Wembiama, greatest prospect since LeBron James. If this was baseball or historically golf, he would have to spend some time in the minor leagues. And I think the faster you can circumvent that, now eventually you got to earn your way. You got to prove that you can play at that level. You're not guaranteed to be a star or have a good career. Like you, you got to earn it. It's the great part about the meritocracy of pro sports. You get, if you're drafted a little higher, you get some wiggle room, but you still eventually, like Trey Lance was the third pick. They traded three first round picks for him. He's currently competing to be the backup, right? So Ludwig is going to get his spot. And he's got to prove that he can play. Hovland, Morikawa, Spieth, Justin Thomas. When these guys got their opportunities, they took advantage of it. But I like that you immediately come up and Ludwig gets the rest of this year as a full-time PGA Tour member. He will make his debut at the RBC Heritage. And then next year gets full-time membership, which to me is a no-brainer. Pretty cool. Looking forward to watch this guy play. I know Tron Carter of NLU has been banging the table forever. I know, uh, you know, I know some people in the business that are in business now with them that are very, very excited. They think this guy's the real deal. I'm excited to watch him play. And I, I just think ultimately this was the right move by the tour to uh, to try to take advantage. And, and some people, Sobel said that this was already in motion before Live Golf. Whether it was or wasn't, to me, this is just the correct move. You want your stud young players involved where the money is playing the better players as quickly as possible. Now, if they can't hang and they can't figure it out, they got to go back and figure it out. Part of the deal. And just because you're great in college, like for every great college player, a lot of guys, Max Homa was a national champion in college. Individual. 
It took him some time to figure it out and look at him now. He's one of the best American players. You know, he's one of our top Ryder Cup guys. So not everyone is on the same path. Some guys calling Morikawa, ready to roll immediately. Some guys, you know, Wyndham Clark, Max Homa, takes them a little more time. So I'm just fascinated to watch these guys. And I'm, I'm, I, I love, I love uh, this new mechanism to get guys immediately playing with the other big dogs. Before we dive into what's next, do you know that Angie's list is now Angie, your home for everything home? And as someone who is currently house shopping and who has bought property before, you walk in, you go, well, I need to fix the kitchen. I need to want to improve this bathroom. I want to fix some stuff in the backyard. And then you go, well, I don't do this for a living. Where do I even start? Who do I even contact? That's where Angie has 20 years of experience combined with new tools to simplify the process. Over 220,000 pros in their network. They can help you get the best price for your product. They have new projects that are priced upfront and clearly lays out the cost before you buy. With Angie, you can request quotes from multiple pros in your area. The pros in your network are locally based. In just a few taps in the Angie app or click on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project from start to finish. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Okay, back again with uh, Sirius XM extraordinaire, golf aficionado, gambling, dominant, Picker, who I see might have had a name that I didn't quite see coming this week, but you know I've been I've been telling him about this guy. You know he's been flying a little under the radar. Can't chip now he can. He's a pretty good player. My man Jason Sobel, cracking bro. What's going on? You didn't even mention the fact that you know as soon as I actually win a bet, I'm sending you screenshots on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> that, that, that is. Very I was true. that guy on Sunday because I was. <laughs> So they're sweating Emiliano Grillo, uh, making the worst double bogey of his life. And then like letting kids I look in, in the aftermath, it's like, oh, that was really cool. Like, you know, take the pressure off and invite some kids to hop over the fence and hit some balls on the range with you. If he loses, we're sitting here going, what are you doing? Don't warm up. Like you just made a double, like go figure out your swing a little bit. Don't worry about the kids that are sitting over there. In any case, it all worked out. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, I'd never even heard of the guy before, but I was rooting for Peaky Blinders. Uh, the dude, you know, uh, Hall, Harry Hall with the hat, 
that could have easily been put in, you know, been one of the brothers in Peaky Blinders and just killing people left and right. But he uh, he fell apart a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm not a uh, Peaky Blinders guy. I haven't seen it, but um, he he looked like a uh, like Bryson's English cousin when when Bryson was <laughs> wearing the, wearing those hats. And uh, a lot of people have said about Bryson, like, man, he puts on a normal golf hat and he like he becomes instantly more likable without the. I guess the Tamo Shanter, if we're going to get technical there, but no, nah, Harry Hall seems like a likable guy. Uh, he led for most of the tournament and just kind of didn't get it done on Sunday, but he'll be there again. Good putter. Okay, but you want to dive right into Michael Block in two weeks as RBC odds, or you want to you want to push that one back a little bit? All right, how about, can we get? I mean, Joel Beal of Golf Digest wrote a really good piece on this that uh, the meta dive on. The Michael Block, like everyone like loves Michael Block. And then here's our society, which is we can't keep ourselves from hating anything after two days. So Michael Block, who's already had his 15 minutes of fame in his 16th minute, now everybody hates him. And there's backlash against Michael Block. Then there's backlash to the backlash. Then there's backlash to the backlash of the backlash. And it's like everyone's going back and forth, like yelling about Michael Block. So it's like... I don't know, man. Like he's a PGA pro. He played well. He got some exemptions. He said some stuff he probably shouldn't have said. Hey, if I could hit it as far as Rory, I'd be one of the best players in the world. Nah, you probably wouldn't be. Uh, he'd probably still be a club pro that hits it a long way. But look, I mean, it's not like he's got a PR team helping him out with these hundreds of interviews that he's doing after all this stuff. So uh, give the guy a little slack here. It's just not even that serious. Like for everyone, I, I heard I was listening to Smiley Kaufman. Uh, yesterday, kind of being like, you know, it, it irks some players on the range. Those it's like everyone fucking relax. Yeah, I mean, you guys are never going to see this. You guys see this guy maybe twice the rest of your career. I, I would understand if Ludwig, you know, or some random young guy said that. I, I okay, but Michael Block, can you guys chill? I mean, can everyone just take a chill pill? This is not Patrick Reed saying, I'm one of the top five players in the world. And us going, well, there's him, 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 and him. Which one are you better than? Because there are five really good accomplished players. This is Michael Block in his 37th interview of the of Tuesday afternoon last week going, yeah, you know what? If, if Rory, you know, if I could hit it like Rory, yeah, I'd be one of the best players. I don't know. Like, you're supposed to think like that. Like, what golfer is like, Hey man, if I could hit a lot further, I'd probably still not be that good. I, I'd be okay, but I just hit it further, and I'd still. Be- I, 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 I'd also say this: if he had if he had looked Dan Patrick in the eye or said it on the Golf Channel set, if you're on the Ripper Magoo podcast, I give you a little. You're allowed to say some crazy shit. I mean, this is what is the Ripper Magoo? I like I follow Bob on uh, on Instagram, but he said it on the Ripper Magoo podcast. So everyone, just let's chill. I mean, really, like, and by the way, and I love Smiley. There, there are no guys on the range at Colonial going like, man, I'm so pissed at Michael Block for saying that. That really irks me. Like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's <laughs> this is such a 2023 social media type of you know, argument where, uh, look, I try to stay off Twitter for, you know, at least part of the week when, you know, once we've got all our predictions and stuff done, like once we get to Thursday, I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch golf. I'm going to play golf. I'm going to stay off social media. I kind of have a life. Yeah, have a life. I, I sort of missed it. This is the kind of thing that people who live their lives on social media are like, I'm incensed that Michael Block would say such a thing over yourself. Go outside. 
Well, one guy who can be a little edgy, and he's been beating this drum, it feels like, for, I would say, six months-ish, uh, is John Rahm, who now really the, you know, the big dog, him and Rory, but he's, you know, it's weird, like Rory was more outspoken last year, now he's quieted down, Rahm just kept pedal to the metal, easier for him to keep talking, he's playing well mm-hmm. this season. Just talked about the Ryder Cup, and I think he was specifically talking about Sergio, but I think he just represents, like, who cares? Just whoever our best 12 guys are, I, I don't care where they play. We, we talked last week about Kepka, who currently is second and feels like he's unique, right? Because he's well-liked by the guys. Mm-hmm. So it's not one of those where, and there were rumors that, you know, he had talked to people. I, I think I don't even think there were rumors about, like, how he could get back and uh, it feels like you know it's trending. If he doesn't, if he has another top five in one of these last two majors, he's going to be on the Ryder Cup. Uh, it, it, unless you think I'm speaking out of turn on that mm-hmm. one, but totally you know agree. John Rom, the the live thing with the Euros a little different because those guys felt like talked way more shit for the guys that could still, especially Sergio. Like Phil's not going to be on the Ryder Cup, right? Bryson's not going to be on the Ryder Cup, but Sergio is a guy that I clearly Rom would pick. Like I want him on, but he is kind of you know, eviscerated everyone with his comments. So it's, I, I do understand it's a, it's a weird position, but like John saying, who cares? This, this is not, this is separate from all the stuff that he's been talking about. Well, here's the thing. This is the separate, but unequal, I guess, uh, part of the Ryder Cup is that the PGA of America runs things on the U.S. side of the Ryder Cup. And so the PGA of America, that's where all your club professionals are members of the PGA of America. And I'm saying this for the, Block. the, the listeners and viewers right now that, um, that, that don't necessarily know the difference between uh, there is a major difference between the PGA of America and the PGA Tour. They are not the same thing. So the PGA of America, in my opinion, should look out for the greater good of the Ryder Cup, of the players, of anybody that it benefits. And so, hey, if if one guy's on the PGA Tour and other guys on live, but they're each two of the best 12 players in the United States right now, they should go represent the Ryder Cup. And I, I believe the PGA of America ultimately uh, will usher that in coming this fall. The other side of this is that the European Tour, now called the DP World Tour, runs the European side of things for the Ryder Cup. They don't have a sort of, I I guess the RNA over there is sort of like the PGA of America, although it's more like the USGA over here. There's, uh, There's a lot of like intrinsic similarities and differences between it, but the European Tour runs that side of things for Europe. And so they have a direct connection, a direct uh, benefit um, and, and into what happens at the Ryder Cup. I mean, I, my buddy Bob Harrig, uh, back when he was at ESPN, now with Sports Illustrated, wrote uh, a piece years ago breaking down the, the financial impact of the Ryder Cup on the European Tour and essentially wrote that the European Tour wouldn't exist if it wasn't taking in all the revenue from the Ryder Cup every two years. And so this is a major, major driver for them. So what you're having on the European side is guys like Sergio Garcia and Ian Poulter and folks that uh, have been a part of Ryder Cups for years. Henrik Stenson, of course, who's supposed to be the captain this year, have left for live. And, and there is a true decisive divisiveness between live in the European tour. And so I think it's harder for them to look at these players and say, hey, objectively, you're one of the 12 best players from our continent. You should be playing. Instead, it's you've left our tour. And so we have a that has a direct impact on us and we're not going to let you play. It's a it's a maybe 
small but very consequential difference to the PGA of America running the U.S. side of things and that, you know, the PGA of America shouldn't and hopefully doesn't have necessarily a bias towards the PGA Tour players over the live players. I can see it, though, from the European side. Yeah, well, well, let's transition into this week. And when you look at really the next three of the next four weeks, you got Memorial Elevated Event, week off next week, beside for Michael Block at the RBC. And then you got uh, the U.S. Open, and then you hit the Travelers now looks like it's an elevated event because the purse is $20 million. So this is where Phil was tweeting about last week. Like, you know, say what you want, but our schedule is just a little easier on everybody. I, I think Homa... Is Homa and Finau only the two top players this week that are out? I mean, a lot of the big names. Scotty Scheffler Please, plays all the uh, time. I don't know if Justin Rose is a big name. He's a guy that I like this week. I had written down on my list, and then he's not showing. So, yeah, but it's it's for the most so, part. So, I mean, a large, large contingent of the guys that we're going to be talking about heavily in a couple weeks at the U.S. Open yeah. are, are playing this week. So, and this is a big deal. I mean, it's been a big deal my, my entire adult life, this tournament with Jack and oh, the course. Uh, you wrote about... You know, a lot of names, maybe not quote-unquote long shots, but longer numbers than we've seen so far earlier this year in Rom and mainly Rom Scotty winning all these tournaments. You can get guys anywhere from 20, 30 to almost 60 to 1. Uh, you know, beside, we'll, we'll get into your pick, but just some names that you like this week kind of in that 30 to 60 uh, range. Yeah. So first of all, wait. What was Phil saying? Like Phil. Phil saying like the schedule is easier on live. I... Phil. Phil. In you know, it's hard to follow his tweet storms because he, he right. gets he's been aggressive. I'd say these last couple of months. That just the the schedule of live has helped guys be fresher and peak for majors in terms of the the double down on the PGA Tour schedule this year is wearing guys out. I mean, they've already been to what Australia and somewhere in the Far East, um, I, and they're going around the. I I don't know. I, Phil can. They're not playing as much golf. I mean, I I, I flip channels on Saturday because, like, on my YouTube TV, CW is right next to uh, CBS, and it was Harold Varner on a par three with water to the left, which I think is the Potomac River, and it had like Kodak Black. Just blaring. I mean, you couldn't, you could barely hear the announcement. It was crazy. I'm like, this is, this is wild. You know, not that anyone's watching. What is the Venn diagram of people watching live that at that moment who could name the artist that was playing in the background? I, it, it had to be slim because <laughs> I don't think many people are watching the thing. First of all, <laughs> look, it's it's fine. I I walked with a few guys that I've become friendly with on uh, on live uh, on Wednesday. During practice round at uh at Oak Hill for the PGA Championship. And there wasn't like they were playing with a PGA tour player that they're friendly with. It wasn't like, man, we're gonna beat you and live sucks. And, and, like it's just sort of they went and did their thing, and everyone's like, Okay, yeah, I get it. You know, it kind of makes sense for you. It does make sense for me. Um, I look, I have I've I don't have a problem with what live is for those who like it better than the PGA tour, as I've said a million times now, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that you found something you like. That said, let's not turn this into, you know, Phil going, oh, well, the schedule's better. And, you know, you've if you're playing Live right now, you have to play 14 events this year. If you're playing the PGA Tour right now, you have to play 15 events this year. More of the Live events are international than the U.S. events. I to sit here and go, oh, man, it's easier. And by the way, if the Live players 
weren't playing well at the major championships, the narrative would switch to, man, these guys just aren't getting battle-tested enough and they're not playing. Instead, they are playing well, and it's, man, the schedule's really nice. These guys can stay fresh going into the major championship. That, like, really, There's a bunch of really good players on live. They played well. Cameron Smith might wind up being number one on my list for the U.S. Open uh, in a couple of weeks because I really like him there. Uh, Brooks Kepka, obviously, uh, he's Brooks Kepka. It doesn't matter what tour he's playing. He can play no tour. He was playing four times a year, and he would be up there at the major championship. So, I, you know, to sit here and credit Liv's schedule, I, he feels definitely gone off the deep end with some of this stuff. Uh, for as much as I like Phil, um, it's getting a little ridiculous. But that said, back to the memorial. Uh, some of the guys I like, you mentioned them. Victor Hovland seems like a pretty good number at 20 to 1 this week. The record hasn't been there at the Memorial, but what's happened over the last few years, look, no surprise, Victor Hovland's short game has been off the last three years. I mean, and really, right now, it's starting to get better. It's, it's sort of like what we say about the best ball strikers, the Justin Thomases and the Colin Morikawas and the Wills Alatoris is like, hey, if they could just putt average, they don't have to be the best putter in the field, but with their iron play, if they can just putt average, they're going to contend for titles. I think the same thing about Hovland's wedge game around the greens. He's essentially been average lately. He's gained around the greens in three of his last six and been sort of neutral. You go back to uh, last year at the Memorial, he lost nearly two strokes around the greens per round. So all he has to do is like, don't, you don't have to gain two strokes around. Just just don't lose two strokes around. He's gotten much better at that. I think that puts him in position to play really well. Obviously trending in the right direction. The tee to green game is great. And so Hovland's at the top of my list this week. Yeah, I know uh, first you had Thagala, who I've bet on a lot and feels inevitable he's going to win kind of the Zalatoris mode. Yeah. I would put, you know, Cam Young's number is higher consistently in it, as it should be than Tagala's, and he's another guy I would put that falls under that. Y- you listed off in your column the guys that have won this tournament is Horschel, Cantlay, and Cantlay won because Rom, you know, had to yeah. leave. Rom could have been back-to-back winners, but I mean, Cantlay's a legit winner. Cantlay's won this a couple times. Bryson was that Bryson's first win, Second first win. big win, right? Yeah, second win. So, I mean, it's it's some pretty big-name guys. Uh, you know, Thagala, the one thing, you've been here before, can get a little squirrely off the tee yeah. would be the only thing. Yeah. It, you got you got to drive it relatively straight at this at this tournament. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't come down to just strokes gained off the tee. But I would have said that the PGA board, Championship, but... and he was playing pretty well, much better than I thought he would play. Yeah, look, uh, he knows he sprays it. It's really the one weakness in his game right now. Uh, I'm okay with that usually. Uh, you're going to have to find more of the fairways here. You can't just spray it all over Muirfield Village and expect to um, be up there on the leaderboard. But he showed it last year. It was fifth place last year. This is a place where I've had my eye on Thigala for a while. And uh, historically, over the last six years, we've seen essentially like what well, we've seen a few times. So DeChambeau's second career win, Cantley's second career win, Rom's third career win. So all these guys are like, Kind of at the level where Thigala is now, even though he hasn't won yet. It was sort of like, hey, we know this guy's going to be a superstar. Hasn't quite become a superstar yet, but used the Memorial Tournament kind of as that stepping stone. I think being in between the first two majors of the year and the last two majors of the year, this is sort of a litmus test for the guys who are like, hey, I want to go win this event. This event means a lot to me. And the guys were like, 
All right, let me catch my breath a little here. Like, I, I feel like I just walked off the 18th green at Oak Hill, and I feel like I'm going to LACC tomorrow, and I, I've got to just kind of, like, use this week as a, all right, let's keep getting in the right direction. But, again, like they say all the time, you don't want to peak uh, on one of those non-major weeks, even though this is a very big event. And so I think there's a trend there that that shows maybe some younger players who are a little hungrier, a little more motivated to win a stepping stone type of event can play well. Here's one other stat for you, because each of those names I mentioned, their number was just a little bit bigger pre-tournament than you might think that it would be. And the reason for it, I went back and found this, from DeChambeau in 18 to Rom in 2020, who was 20 to 1. Bryce was 40 to 1. Rom was 20 to 1. Cantley for his second win in 21. That was the Rom year where he had to withdraw uh, with a six shot yeah. lead. Cantley was 20 to 1. Last year, Billy Horschel, 60 to 1. All those numbers seem a little bigger than they should have been beforehand. I went back and looked. All four of those guys in those situations had finished outside the top 20 in their previous two starts. So I think what happens is we get to this point in the season, we only look at the players who are in form. I'm not saying that an informed player can't play well. I mean, I just talked about Ke- or, uh, Hovland, who's very much in form. But I oh, yeah. don't think that it's irrational to look at a player like a Cam Young, who you mentioned, who hasn't played well over the last three or four starts, to jump in here and all of a sudden win a golf tournament. A little look ahead to the LACC. You know, Rory, I thought, showed some metal in the PGA Championship. You and I talked about that. Is there anything this week he can show to make you a little more confident because it feels like now a lot of people are up the scent, which is, you know, if you kind of look at it like, you know, buy low, sell high, a lot of people buy Rory when it's probably too high and a lot of people get off the scent when it's too low and he feels like that and it's like I I shifted away, but now I'm kind of like, I'm going to be watching him pretty closely because if you can get that number 10, 11 to 1 where he would have been right there 7, 8 to 1, it's still not great, but, you know, I, I, I do think that if he Gained a little confidence. The PGA plays well this week. He's not a terrible bet at LACC. My hope for Rory, at least, all right, my hope for me betting Rory, I guess, it's a better way to put it, is that it looks very ordinary this week. It looks very ordinary at the U.S. Open, and that number drops a little bit to maybe a 12 to 14 to 1, and we can play him at Royal Liverpool where he uh, he's won before. So that's my hope, and that's where I'm targeting him. And if he plays well this week and he plays well at the U.S. Open, instead he's going to be 8-1 to one because he's won there uh, for an Open Championship before. So um, I don't know. As far as this week, I don't know about Rory. As far as the U.S. Open, I, yeah, LACC, I I don't know. There's there's still something not quite right with Rory right now. And I, well, he hasn't been very accurate. I saw a stat. His, his driving accuracy has not been good this year, I, which is like his potent weapon. I'd be like, you know... Russell Wilson doesn't throw the deep ball or Steph Curry doesn't shoot the three. Yeah, like yeah. when you don't do what you're great at, it does throw you off. And like, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm hesitant still. I just, I'm just, I'm just keeping an eye on because the other guy, did you see the the stat going around? I think yesterday that if you had put a hundred dollars at the start of the season on Scotty Scheffler, just to top 20, right. His 14 events yeah. and just kept rolling it over. You'd have over $20,000. You know, I, I, his season is pretty fucking remarkable. He's having to, to come off what he did last year. I mean, he's. I've been thinking, like, do I just put like a thousand dollars on him to win the LACC and just go all in on one guy? I mean, I mean he's, might as well. If you feel like you got a pretty good shot, if you're going big, just take Scotty Scheffler. You're right. Bet him top ten every week. 
Because that's what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, he, the floor is remarkable. Or take it and go like 25% to win, 25% to top five, and like 50% to top yeah, 10. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because I've seen, like, look, I still think John Rahm's the best player in the world. And I, you know, however we want to categorize that. And I would love to get rid of the world ranking, which is the cause of more consternation than uh, than support these days. But um, in my mind, I think John Rahm's the number one player in the world. He has the highest ceiling. I think Scotty Scheffler is number one when it comes to floor, and it's not even close right now. I mean, we see weeks where Rom doesn't have his best stuff. We certainly see weeks when Rory just doesn't have his mind in it. And going back to Rory, I would say that less about driving accuracy, less about any stat. It's just it, it's the six inches between the ears right now for me that is just not getting it done for Rory. And uh, there's something not quite right there until I I see him change his tune a little bit. I, I will probably be off Rory. It's not necessarily a full fade, but I, I can't see me back in Rory at these kind of numbers when I'm just not sure about him. And so uh, that said, all that said, Scotty Scheffler's floor has been incredible over the last year. I mean, I, there are times when I look at it and I go, for instance, matchup bets this week. You can get Cantlay, uh, who's finished top four in four of the last five years at this event, at plus money against Scotty Scheffler. I'm like, that sounds really good. Cantlay always plays well here. He's due for that big week. He's been trending in the right direction for a long time, driving it better than anybody else right now. And yet, I I still can't bet against Scotty Scheffler. I mean, it's just it, he shows up every single week. Well, I, th- I think I'm gonna throw throw a couple nuggies on uh, the gala this week and let it ride and have a good time. So uh, LACC right around the corner, Sobel. Uh, that's gonna be fun. I'm 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 pretty juiced, and we're still what two two and a half weeks away. So uh, I-, I will talk to you next week and have a good week, man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. And uh, yeah, this should be a good one. This will be a fun week. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Okay, let's bang out a couple quick mailbag questions. At Golopod is the Instagram, at Golopod. Fire in like Hayden did. Had a thought on the majors in this post-live world. Part of what's cool about bowl season in college football, and specifically the playoff, is teams that don't normally face each other finally square off. We speculate all year long. SEC, ACC, Big Ten. How would a mid-major do against one of the big boys? Then at the end of the year, we actually get to find out. Makes the games really compelling. Totally agree. Now you think of the majors. It's kind of the same thing. We speculate about Liv. Who would compare somebody on the PGA Tour? But in the major, you actually get to find out. Makes a really good, compelling storyline. 
Would I like to see them compete every week? Sure. I definitely miss seeing Brooks, DJ, uh, on Sunday. But honestly, most weeks, and I assume, like a lot of other golf fans, only up watching Sunday anyways. And sometimes there is such a crappy field, it's really not worth watching. Byron Nelson, totally agree. So it just makes me that much more amped for the majors and finally together. Agree or disagree? I could not agree anymore. The majors feel dramatically different, right? Because everyone's involved. And I do like your college football analogy because Ohio State, Michigan, when they play, or USC, Oregon, or Texas and Oklahoma can still feel really good, right? Just like if Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Sam Burns, and Rory are all in the mix, right? Come the memorial. Or it's Cam Young versus JT with Spieth a couple shots behind him and John Rahm. I use John Rom twice because it's him or Scotty are usually in the mix. But you know what I'm saying. But I hear you. Yeah, it's, it's definitely made the majors really bigger. I think the problem is for golf, whether it's the live events, they don't really care about television ratings because money, they're on the CW, it doesn't matter. The PGA Tour does. And the PGA Tour season is dependent on making some of those tournaments relevant because people gave them a lot of money to show their content. And I think their content is now diminished a little bit. You know, it felt like early in the season, I think there are going to be tournaments that are pretty foolproof, that are pretty like... uh, Recession-proof would be the wrong way to put it, but just are always going to work. The waste management now is going to work. Right, that's a that's gonna work. The players, that's gonna work, and it really has for a long time now. To me, waste management, the players. Pebble Beach doesn't work anymore. No one plays. Riv's cool, but I would say waste management is bigger than Riv because it gets a more casual fan, especially now with the branding of social media. So yeah, the majors, the gap has only widened, and the interest because of these. Cam Smith and, and DJ and obviously Kepka now wins the PGA has only added to it. I, I hear you. I mean, like the Byron Nelson, we didn't need to watch. I didn't really. I'm sure you didn't really. Most people didn't. I would imagine the television ratings are pretty low. But that's not ideal for the PGA Tour. I mean, they, they got to figure out. The reason the NFL is king is not because 100 million people watch Super Bowl or because, you know, the playoffs get 30, 40, 50 million people watching. It's because like week eight, they could put Atlanta versus the Jags and 15 million people will watch if it's on Thursday night football or Monday night football. And, you know, part of being a powerful entity is being is grow growing with your audience. And I think when you diminish the weekly product, that hurts. But it can't be argued that the majors are bigger and better than ever. Just because of the split. And you got guys, Cam Smith, Brooks, I mean, Bryson. DJ hasn't really been playing well. And I saw Paulina Instagram there on the water. I, you know, I don't even blame DJ how locked in he is. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I love watching DJ play golf. But like that group of guys that can win. Maybe Patrick Reed too. Question for the mailbag. What's your thoughts on Bryson? After his performance at the PGA Championship, do you think he will get back to top 10 form? I listen to a lot of golf podcasts and a lot of guys, media guys that go to these tournaments. And I heard a lot of good points about some of the parallels to Oak Hill, which I thought showed really well. We're kind of wing foot E long golf course as the guys on tour call it a big ballpark, long rough. So what happens when you can hit it far, 
you just have, instead of hitting driver 5-iron, your driver 8-iron, driver 9-iron. So he's not doing what he did a year ago, hitting it 400 yards. He's still pretty deep. He's still really deep. And that's an advantage. So I think those type courses, let it rip, right? I, I think if you play Torrey Pines, good setup for it. Wingfoot, good setup for him. The Masters, not a good setup for him. Next year, Pinehurst will not be a good setup for him. LACC, you know, your boys played there once, as I like to tell you every time. Probably not ideal because it's not, it's not a big rough course. It's in a weird way. It's California compared to North Carolina, but it's kind of got some California Pinehurst vibes to it. It's gonna. It doesn't look like things we're used to on the West Coast. It doesn't look like Torrey Pines. Doesn't look like Pebble Beach. Doesn't look like Olympic Club. Doesn't look like the way you know TPC Scottsdale. It'll just look completely different. And I, I'm not sure it's a great fit for him. So I think Bryson clearly is starting to get his swag back a little bit which is good. I, I think he's more entertaining for the golfing world. But I think of all the guys that have major championship ability, like a guy that can win a major, he's probably the most course dependent. Right? Like Brooks, Scotty, Rom, Rory, Cam Smith, uh, JT, if he can get, get his mojo back. Like th- those guys can travel. They can play a lot of different places. I think Bryson needs long courses, Thick rough. <laughs> I think that's kind of his thing. Curious to know if you watch the college national championship on Golf Channel. Are you guys interested in watching? Are guys you're interested in watching going forward? Hope your Memorial Day is going well. I watched a lot of it on Sunday. Or I guess it was Monday. I watched the playoff between Stanford and Arizona State to get into the match play. And then I watched it today at the gym. North Carolina beat Arizona State. Ludwig, uh, the dude from Texas Tech, Texas Tech didn't qualify to the match play. It got knocked out. But he's obviously going to be really good. I think uh, Preston Summerhays, Boyd is his father, who teaches, you know, Finau, Taylor Gooch. He's a really good teacher. I mean, high-end guy. I think Preston Summerhays, he's a sophomore at Arizona State. He became, I mean, by... I. I don't know when this year. He's clearly their best player. That guy's going to be really, really good. Uh, I, I think he's a tour player. And he, he probably still going to get a couple more. He, he'll probably stay all four years at Arizona State. But just the way he carries himself, I watched him conduct an interview on Monday after he had won his match. I, I would bet on that guy. You know, I think there are some parallels to like some of the guys in pro sports. I'm not comparing him the player to these guys, but like Mahomes, Steph Clay, he's just been around the big leagues, man. Like he just plays rounds with Tony Finau. Like he plays, he was in the, the day that Finau and Rom both shot like 59 and 61 at Silverleaf. Preston was playing with him. So he's just kind of used to it. And I just watched him after his match get interviewed by the Golf Channel and I was like, this kid's kind of got it. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know many of the other players like on Pepperdine or North Carolina. I think North Carolina, the colors and golf just kind of work. Pepperdine clearly has got a squad. But I'm telling you, Preston Summerhays, you know, that, that name is going to be one you'll remember. Stanford has a guy who is coming back next year, will be a senior. Uh, I, I can't say his name correctly. Michael Long uh, something. He's going to be a really good player. He is a good player. 
Scotty Scheffler to win the U.S. Open is a lock. Guy plays his best golf in majors, only did the Masters and PGA Championship because he had an off day one time in pouring rain and cold at East Tournament. L.A. Country Club should be nice and hot. The Texas kid will love. Agree. I'm tempted to put like $1,000 on Scheffler. I saw today it was like 7.5 to 1, though. If he wins Memorial Day, he could kick off or the Memorial at like 5 to 1. But it feels like he's the guy to play. Uh, okay, last question from Brian. Would love your thoughts on Liv's ongoing complaints about not being included in the OWGR, Official Golf World Rankings. Clearly, Brooks showed these guys can still play. Well, Brooks showed that he can still play. And I don't care where the money does come from, but Mickelson's response to a recent question about Liv's format needing to change to get ranking points not being their job just makes no sense to me. How would he feel about world ranking points going to five guys that decided to hold a closed nine-hole alternate shot exhibition event? What about 15 guys that play an 18-hole scramble or 30 that play 27 holes over two days? But 48 guys playing a 54-hole shotgun start that he feels can't be compared to a full-field 72-hole event with cuts, promotion, and relegation. I just don't get how they can see there are basic event standards for any ranking to be able to accurately compare players apples to apples. Totally agree. I'm in agreement with the live guys that OWGR, now that Brooks, Cam Smith, even Bryson, Patrick Reed, like that you, we can't act like those guys are not top 10 players. I totally agree. I also disagree with Claude Harmon talking a bunch of shit about like Will Zalatoris and Max Homa. Like I saw Will Zalatoris at the majors. I've seen Max Homa win a turn. Those guys can fucking play. No one's acting like Brooks Kepka is worse than those guys. No one's saying that. No one is saying that Zalatoris or Max Homa are better than Max Homa. Or, I mean, than Kepka. No one is saying that out loud. But we also... Standards are standards, right? If you want to run a financial operation, you have to follow certain guidelines by the government. If you want to open a restaurant and sell alcohol... There are rules you have to follow. You have to get an alcohol license. You and I can't just start, go open a restaurant in some you know, commercial building, call it Johnny's, and just start selling alcohol without going through the proper channels. Or we will get shut down. So I am 100% with you. You can't just start a, a tour I guess is what it's called. I don't even know. A group that plays golf and just be like, we deserve it too. Just because you have big name guys, right? Well, it's like, well, yeah, there are standards here. You don't even play like literally, even if you had no cuts, you play one less round. And anyone that's gambled on golf knows that like, hell, I hit JT to win the players a couple years ago. He had no business winning it after Friday. If it would have been a 54 hole event, he doesn't win it. So, like, that's part of the, yeah, I, I'm in agreement there. Do the golf world rankings have as much merit as they once did? Of course not. But, like, were the standards pretty well established? Yeah, right? You want to get your driver's license. You got to do something to get your driver's license, right? I don't know, pass a driving test? It's literally in every walk of life, whether it's business, whether it's, a, a, like I said, a license, an ID to become a citizen. I don't know. It's like there are rules. Hell, I've never liked rules. I hate rules. I'm not a big rule follower. But there are certain times in life you got to follow them, right? I mean, it's just part of the world we live in. And they refuse, and now they're bitching and moaning about it. 
It ain't going to change the fact. Like You can complain about it all day long. You can open that restaurant, but until you get that liquor license, you cannot sell liquor or you will get shut down. So you can start the tour, but if you're not following their, their standards, they're not going to give you the points. And that's not going to change, especially when you sue everybody. So they handled it completely the wrong way. Part of getting business deals done, even if you don't like who you're dealing with, you know, part of playing politics is just like learning when to shut your mouth if you want to get something done. I'm not a huge like play politics guy just in life in general, but there comes a time in business when you just got to do it. And Liv had their opportunity and they just tried to come out double middle fingers, do it our way, hell or, over hell or high water. And what's happened? Everyone's laughed at him like, you're not getting any points. And it hasn't changed. So I hear you. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. Have a good week. Uh, like I said, Thagala, Cam Young, Shane Lowry. I just, I don't know why I keep gambling on Keegan, but it feels like he's bound to win a tournament this year. Hopefully he does. Adios. <laughs>